Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Wake Up and Grow. I am your host Natalie Biddinger and today's episode is titled Distracted. I want to start us off by reading Proverbs chapter 4 verses 25 through 27. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Do not get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. That was the NLT version. And I'm going to be bouncing between that and ESV today. So keep that in mind. I have heard the phrase, Gen Z is a distracted generation, quite often. Uh, more so recently, like within the past couple of years than I have prior, but I wholeheartedly agree with that statement, but I think distractedness goes beyond my generation. Now, I would venture to say that we are a distracted nation. Again, I agree that Gen Z is probably more distracted than the other generations. We're more at a disposition to being distracted simply because of the times we came of age in, you know, growing up with technology being a constant. But I think the number of people in America, specifically, no matter their age, that have fallen prey to things that distract us from God has skyrocketed within the last 10 or so years. And I will be the first to admit that I am extremely distractible. I don't have ADHD or ADD, whatever the combination is um, my parents actually had me tested at the request of a grade school teacher but because of the way that my mind naturally works I am constantly taking in information from my surroundings my brain doesn't filter so to say the information that it is receiving it's just receiving anything and everything I read this book a while ago about how the creative mind works. Um, it's called Wired to Create, Discovering the 10 Things Great Artists, Writers, and, and Innovators Do Differently. Highly recommend it if you're a creative person or want to be more creative. Just take it, take all that information in with a grain of salt as a Christian. But anyways, one of the things that it mentioned was that creative people's brains have a high sensitivity threshold and I'll quote one of those sections here about it. Highly sensitive people notice and respond to more subtle changes in their surroundings because of a trait known as sensory processing sensitivity, SPS. 
which involves a greater sensitivity to stimuli, not just on an emotional, but also on cognitive and physical levels. So in short, my brain is trying to process everything that's going on at once. And this is a part of why the details and the little things are glaringly obvious to me. And this is actually why I find it difficult to maintain eye contact during conversation. It's not that I'm nervous or that making eye contact makes me nervous or uncomfortable. It's, it's the fact that my focus gets ripped away from what the person is saying to the intricate details of their face. So if I'm having a face-to-face -face conversation with you, please don't be offended that I'm not maintaining eye contact throughout that whole conversation. I'm, I'm trying to actually listen to what you're saying. But this, this trait in my brain <laughs> is both a good thing and a bad thing for me. It's good because I can usually tell when something is wrong without someone having to tell me. And one of the major things is that I can notice God's hand more evidently than most people. I think also part of that what helps is that I am into art. I, I So I do notice the details. It's bad when I'm trying to focus on a task. Like writing this episode, for example. And then my focus gets pulled in a million different directions by my other sensitive senses. <laughs> Or when I'm doing something monotonous and my mind wanders with my thoughts. For example, driving. More so if I'm driving to a place I always drive to, like work. I, if I don't intentionally focus my thoughts on driving, I, I will zone out completely. I won't remember the drive, which is incredibly dangerous. <laughs> so I'm trying to break that habit. But even as I was writing that previous section that I just talked to you about, I was fighting the distractions of the texture of the jeans on my legs, the sound of my mom brushing her hair, and the lingering taste of coffee that I had on my tongue when I was writing that section that morning. That aside to say, I am extremely distractible. And part of that is just the way that my brain is wired. But whether or not your brain is as distractible as mine, we all have distractions in our lives that pull us and our focus away from God. And that's what I really want to talk about today, is those distractions that pull us from God's side, that pull us from his presence. And clearly, as I was writing this, the devil did not want me to write it out. Because I just wasted nearly 30 minutes on Instagram after writing out that previous thought. I made a little note here in my notes about that. However, that lets me segue into the next thought. 
which is we can overcome our distractions and turn our focus back to God. We're not prisoners to our distractions. Which I'm very thankful for as a very distractible person. <laughs> but why is it so important that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as that chapter 4 in Proverbs says? The reason being, focusing on the wrong thing or giving too much attention to the wrong thing can cause us to be misled. It can cause us to grow weak in our faith. We tend to believe lies about ourselves and God more readily when we're distracted. And we might also miss opportunities that God lays before us. There's there's a multiple of bad things that could or that could happen or that we neglect or good things that we neglect to do because we are distracted and this whole episode about distractions brought to mind Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 31 and you might already recognize the story that's in that chapter but it is the story of when Peter was called out by Jesus to walk on the water but I will go ahead and read it to you again Matthew 14 verses 22 through 31 Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? So this story in Matthew, in Natalie's interpretation of it, can have twofold or like a double-sided lesson. There's the one about faith, which Jesus specifically talks about. You have little faith. Why did you doubt me? But every time I've read this story, I can't help but notice that, yes, Peter was afraid. Yes, he allowed his fears to create doubt in him. But those fears only came about when he became distracted by his surroundings, when he became distracted by the wind 
and the mighty waves that were there. And so I think this story can also be used as a way to warn us about the distractions in life. And one of those distractions can be found in pride. And we often think that we're stronger or better than the 12 disciples were, right? I know I did when I was younger. I thought, well, Peter may have let his eyes fall from Jesus, but I would never. And you may have that same thought. If that is, please quit lying to yourself. We all allow our gaze to drift from Jesus to other things. I was just reminded of a fictitious creature in the Harry Potter series called a Niffler. I won't go into... well, no, I will. A Niffler created by the author J.K. Rowling is a little... it's kind of like a platypus, that's how it looks, but what it it specializes in is finding things that are shiny. And anything that is shiny catches its eye and it immediately goes to it and collects it. We are often like a niffler. We, our eyes and our attention is constantly being pulled in directions of anything that would be quote unquote shiny or appealing to us. And it, it's, it's something we can't completely avoid, but I think it's something that has gotten worse and worse over the years in terms of things distracting us from our faith. Interesting side note, the average attention span in America for adults as of this year, 2023, was recorded at 8.25 seconds. That is less than a goldfish, which is 9 seconds. I literally got secondhand embarrassment when I read that fact while looking up and doing research for this episode. But like I said, Part of why we're distracted is that it's because we're humans, and though we can't always control when a distraction grabs our attention, we can choose whether to continue being distracted or getting back on focus. Some of those distractions, some of the things that do pull our attention are actually part of a survival instinct. You know, loud noises, oh, what was that? Usually our brains getting distracted or focusing on something that we weren't originally focused on is actually a mechanism to keep us safe. More often than not though, it's just our brains focusing on something else. Usually something we don't need to focus on. And unfortunately, as a society, we often welcome distraction in an unhealthy way. 
We don't like being proven wrong. We don't like facing our issues. We don't want to do the work we're given. We would prefer to procrastinate. We don't want to put forth the effort to do whatever, to get to our goal of whatever. And so we allow distractions to interrupt those things. We allow distractions to interrupt our coworker, our boss's correction. We allow distractions in to interrupt us resolving the issue. We allow distractions to interrupt the work we don't really want to do. Etc. I don't wake up with the intent of scrolling through TikTok instead of reading God's word. But after a few digital hits of dopamine, I have convinced myself that this distraction is okay. Some distractions are ine inevitable and unavoidable, I get that. But once you realize you've been distracted, what is your move? What do you do? Do you immediately try to remove it or yourself from its presence? Or do you allow it to prolong for a while? Do you try and reap some pleasure from that distraction before getting back to the work or whatever it is? Like I said, many distractions in and of themselves aren't inherently bad. For example, messaging my friend on my phone isn't a bad thing. But when I put that connection over my personal connection with God, it has distracted me from him and has become an idol. If we go back to the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, chapter 20, verses 4 through 5. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Anything, or in some cases anyone, any person, that pulls our focus from God has the potential to become an idol. He wasn't just talking about other man-made deities. God was talking about anything that gets between him and you. So how do we shift our focus back to God? How do we defeat our distractions? I again want to remind you that you are not a prisoner to your distractions. You can overcome them. You can, once you recognize that they, that you have been distracted, you can turn back and put your focus back on God. You're not stuck, distracted. The Apostle Paul talks about how we are to take every thought captive and submit those thoughts to God. And this goes for a focus too. 
when we encounter a mental distraction, we can stop that train of thought and submit it to God. We then are prompted to intentionally think about certain things. In Philippians 4 verse 8, Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So those are mental distractions. When you encounter a mental distraction, when your train of thought just goes off the rails, not what you were thinking about originally. Recognize, once you've recognized that, take that thought captive, submit it to God, and intentionally turn your thoughts back to God. Anything that is what I just listed. Anything that is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. If those thoughts are honoring to God, so those are the thoughts you can train your mind to think back about. Now when it comes to a physical distraction, say for example, your phone while you're trying to study the word, while you're trying to do your devotions, we may have to either remove the distraction from your presence or remove yourself from the distraction's presence. Sometimes you can't physically remove the distraction, but you can choose to remove yourself from its presence. It, again, depends on the distraction itself. Sometimes I will literally have to put my phone in another room to write these episodes out. Otherwise, I'll be picking it up every so often and get distraction after distraction thrown at me. Or, say I'm trying to do my devotionals, but I happen to be doing it at a late enough time in the day that everyone's in the same room trying to do their stuff. I can't just ask everyone to leave. I can't tell everyone to shut up and be quiet so I can do my, <laughs> do my devotions. If that's the case, I will leave. I'll go upstairs, in my room, whatever. But whether our distractions are mental, interrupting thoughts, or physical, we will need help to defeat them, because Satan will use them, though he may not always be the cause of them, but he'll use them to keep our focus off of God. And when we're distracted, when our eyes are on things other than God, we are an easy target for Satan we become susceptible to believing the lies he tells us because due to whatever has been distracting us, we have neglected our time reading the truth in God's word. I left another note here in my notes that says, I legit just had to put my phone away. Satan does not want me to finish this episode. He does not want you to hear this, so listen up. When we're distracted, we may miss instruction from God. 
we may miss opportunities God has presented to us. We, when we're distracted, we deafen ourselves to God's still small voice with the noise of the distractions. You know, for example, constant music, constant busyness, not no time alone with him. We don't give him the time we need to have with him. We distract ourselves with tasks and other things until suddenly it's bedtime and we haven't been still and gotten to know him in quiet time at his feet. For a while, that was one of my biggest issues was I was filling my day to the point that I never had time to spend time with God. And that wreaked havoc on my spiritual life. Because I didn't get to know who God was. I didn't invest in that personal relationship with him. And that's why keeping our focus fixed on God, or when it drifts away, returning it to him, is vital. First, we stop when we recognize that our focus has drifted. We can't always stop our focus from drifting in the first place, but once we recognize that it has, we just, we stop. Second, you submit or remove that distraction for yourselves to God or another room. Thirdly, ask for strength from God to keep your focus trained on him. This this is going to be an ongoing process. Because distractions are dancing for our attention almost constantly. So, we must be constantly vigilant and aware of what we are focusing on. I want to again read Proverbs 4, 25-27 for you before I close this out. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. I'm going to read it in the ESV as well. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I want to thank you again for listening and remind you that episodes release bi-weekly. This is every other Monday. And I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow a follow on Instagram at WUG Podcast. That's spelled W-U-G Podcast. And go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie Bittinger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.